This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we will help you learn to invest in 15 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined in the room, the one and only, by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm um, very good, Bryce. Are you saying the one and only Ren or the one and only room? Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah. So you're up in Sydney again, becoming a bit of a theme. I know, I know. I should consider moving here, maybe. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I like it. It is, it is. It's good. It's very. It's nice and sunny. A bit better than the cold and dreary Melbourne. Yeah, mate. Well, you've come on a bloody beautiful day. It's been pissing down rain for the last week or so. So There you go. Lucky me. Lucky you. <laughs> so, Swans lost. They did. They did. Bugger. Disappointing. But, yeah. you know, full credit to the Tigers. Yes, they're a good team. Yeah. They're a good team. You know. Swans, they'll have their, they'll have their moment of glory, I'm sure. Yeah, well, we know Richmond have a habit of disappointing their fans, <laughs> and after the grand final last year, they have to build their hopes up more before they get disappointed. So I'm backing Richmond top of the table, and then they just tank in the finals. Really, two losses first game out in straight set. Two losses. Okay. Yeah, that, you know, you need something big to break their hearts these days. So <laughs> wow. As long as it's building up to that, then that's all good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Will the Bombers make the finals? That's oh, the question. Maybe. I don't think... I think we're one or two games too short. Yeah. Although they, they say, looked very good last week. They looked amazing last yeah. week. They say you need 13 games this season to make the finals. And we have, I think, seven wins or six wins. So yeah, we've got okay. to turn it on yeah, for the yeah, last yeah. half of the season. Well, I've got a bet with one of our listeners <laughs> down in Melbourne about North Melbourne making the finals. Okay. So um, I'm betting that they aren't. So I'm hoping the Bombers get in. Take the eighth I, spot. Yeah, I win the bet. So <laughs> Well, if they don't make it and they come ninth, it's better than what they were expected to finish at the end of the start of the year, which was Wooden Spoon. North Melbourne? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They've had a good season. Anyway, moving on, Ren. We're not here to talk. We're not here to talk about footy. We are here to talk stocks. So, what we've decided to talk about this week, Ren, is uh, 
constructing a portfolio, something we haven't necessarily touched on uh, to this level of detail that we're, we're going to. Uh, we've discussed many elements of a portfolio uh, over the past episodes, but not how it all comes together. And for a beginner investor, uh, it's important to start thinking about what you're going to put your money into and uh, have formulating a bit of a strategy. So I guess we can start with what is a portfolio? Yeah, start from the very beginning. Yeah. So when you're thinking about your portfolio, you know, it's not just, you know, what you've put in the market, what equities you've invested in. It's what it's your whole your whole wealth, I guess. Mm. Everything, whether you own a house, whether you have money in the bank, a term deposit, what you've got in the market, bonds, everything. And I guess the way what we're going to talk about today is how you construct all of your money to uh, give you the best returns and the lowest at the lowest risk. Mm, mm. And that's a good point. And constructing a portfolio, there's no one set approach. It's completely individual, uh, depending on a variety of things. So, I mean, you there's probably three things in my mind that you need to consider when constructing a portfolio. Being what is your goal, uh, your your investing goal, uh, short, long term, whatever it may be. What is the level of risk that you're willing to take um, overall? And what asset classes would you like to be investing in? Yeah, 100%. So let's kick off and go into goals. Yeah. So it's important, I think, and if if you can make comment on this, Ren, and I'm not sure what what you personally do, but uh, I think it's important to set a goal to do with your portfolio, to do with your investing portfolio, just blindly going into things without any understanding of what you want to get out of it can be a bit risky, I think. Um, but, you know, overall, uh, the goal doesn't have to be specific. You know, you don't have to say, I want to make 20% return over two years. The goals can be very broad, in in my opinion. Um, you know, if you're after growth, if you're after income, if you're just looking to protect your capital, those are sorts of things that you're you can aim to achieve. Um, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I would almost say that the goal needs to be broader than that, broader than income or growth. It needs to be, you know, what you want to get out of this portfolio. Yeah. You know, for, for a lot of people, it might be, you know, a house deposit in the next five years. For some, it might be the ability to retire when they're 40, um, be able to leave something for their kids. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of Americans, they invest to have a kid, their kid's college fund. Yeah. So it's, it's not so much about the method in which you get there, but it's about, you know, what setting, having the correct goal sets your time horizon and sets how much risk you're willing to take, um, to get, to get to where you need to go. So I guess, yeah, as you said, you've given some great examples there of, of, of what some goals are. Um, and, and as you mentioned, uh, risk there. So we can talk about the level of risk that you're willing to take. Um, you know, within a portfolio construction, you can have uh, varying degrees of risk based on asset class. Should we, should, before we get into risk, yeah, should we say, do, do you have a goal? Do I have a goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a goal. What's what's your goal? Are, do you want to share it? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I have multiple goals. Yeah, I think. yeah. Okay. You've um, always been a bit of an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think my ultimate goal is obviously long-term growth um, that eventually will give me a, enough income, supplementary income down the track that um, would really ease the pressure on, on work outside of investing. Yeah. Um, but 
short-term goals are to create and construct a portfolio that has quite a defensive position, A, to protect my wealth, but also B, to try and actually make some money if and when the share market turns. As you know, I'm fully yeah, in, in belief you're a bit that of a <laughs> something's going to happen. So I want to uh, construct a portfolio that is going to make me money in the downturn. And I also want to have the ability to uh, dollar cost average at a low cost um, consistently over a long period of time. Okay. So that goal to like, that's in one, I'm talking about a lot of things here. I'm talking about time horizon. I'm talking about uh, wealth protection. And I'm also talking about what products that I want to target in that, in that yeah. fund. Do you have a goal? Yeah, mine's not as complicated as yours. <laughs> I, I would want the financial freedom to be able to walk away from a job that I don't enjoy. Nice. I, I would want to be able to, you know, when I'm 40 to say, I've done enough. I've got enough in the bank that I can live off dividends and income if I need to and just quit. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I might add that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think there's, it's, it's, yeah. For me, investing is about setting yourself up to have the freedom to be able to make decisions and do what you want to do, mm. whether it's go and study, whether it's travel, whether it's, you know, take time off with the family. The only way that we get to do that is if we set ourselves up now. Mm. And so I guess that's that's my goal. Mm. Yeah. And to achieve that goal, I mean, like the learnings that would go into it would be, uh, I, I would imagine, great enough that by that stage, you'd be a good enough investor to actually support yourself. For yeah, the rest yeah, of your yeah. Life anyway. And you know, it's probably one of those things that like, as you go down that path and you start making money that then you feel like you can't stop. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. because so many people probably our age think like, I'm going to be an investment banker or whatever for yep. like 10 years and then I'll quit. See you later. And then next yeah. minute they're like 60 and they're working 70 hour weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully that won't happen to me. No. <laughs> so good goals. I think both, both different goals, but I think of, you know, long-term, very similar, similar goals. Yeah. So does, do you think our goals then, let's talk about risk. Do you think our goals then um, impact, have an effect on the level of risk that we're willing to take? A hundred percent. Now, when, when we're thinking about risk, a, a lot of people talk about risk in the context of an individual trade. Yeah. So buying, uh, you know, a couple of cent mining stock is considered riskier than, you know, an index fund, the ASX 200 index fund. When you're thinking about your portfolio as a whole, though, you you shouldn't think about the risk of individual trades. Mm. There's this the modern portfolio theory is this theory that sprung up about uh, quantifying risk across your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when you're thinking about it that way, don't think about oh you know I've got one percent of my portfolio and some something super high risky, therefore I'm exposed and there's a lot of risk. When across your whole portfolio, that you might be actually very defensive yeah um and when you think of it like that when you think about the risk across your whole portfolio then it allows you to make those more speculative bets uh, at one end absolutely yeah totally agree if you know if you set yourself up well enough that there's uh products and asset classes in there that you know historically don't fluctuate so much you can reasonably you can be reasonably comfortable that uh you know you're not going to lose too much money on those and then depending on your risk appetite you can put some cash into the more riskier things asset classes that may give you a better return i think one thing to note with risk though is that it's it's an interesting one is that uh, i think your risk uh tolerance definitely changes over time yeah and it changes 
depending on your uh, level of knowledge on asset classes, the more you come to understand how asset classes behave, you know, your tolerance for risk changes. But also as your goals change and you, you know, move on, on through life, uh, I think your risk changes. But that's not to say that, uh, you know, you're, you're always going to feel the same about risk. Yeah. Do you so, think you're a risk taker? I, well, I think it depends how you define risk. Yeah. So the, you know, your standard super fund will give you a couple of different options. There'll be a low risk option, a medium yeah. risk and a high risk. Yeah. And when, when you're quantifying risk like that, you, what, what they generally mean is high risk is more exposed to equity markets um, because obviously they're more volatile. Uh, and then low risk is more in cash or bonds and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Um, but don't be fooled. Volatility and risk are not the same thing. No. Volatility is when prices move a lot. Risk is the risk that you can lose it all. Yeah. Um, so in the sense that I'm exposed to equities, uh, yeah, I, I would say I'm high risk. Um, but I think across my whole portfolio, I, well, I, yeah, I guess I'm exposed to risk, but... I think over the long term, there's a lot riskier plays than just like your vanilla yeah. equity. Market. I mean, you're not 100% crypto. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I mean, you just bought the Macquarie uh, notes. Yeah. And so I would say that's very low risk. That's extremely low risk. Yeah. If yeah, you want yeah. to just really quickly explain what you did there. Uh, yeah. So I got, I bought a hybrid, which is essentially like a bond, but it's traded on the stock exchange. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was Macquarie Bank that issued it. Um, And I'm a shareholder in Macquarie, so I could participate. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to learn about bonds and hybrids. Mm -hmm. And so what it is, um, you you get payments every quarter, um, like a bond, uh, but that payment floats based on the... Uh, the bank bill swap rate, so interest rates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good opportunity to learn about and, a different asset class. Yeah, and so why is it low risk? Uh, because the, well, I mean, Macquarie Bank is extremely stable. Yeah. There's a defined um, payment every uh, quarter. Yeah. Um, and you are with so with hybrids, you're not actually higher up the debt priority list than equity holders but if you bought bonds bond holders if the company goes bankrupt get paid back whereas equity investors don't yeah right so there's there's less risk that way because if things do go south for the company then you're more likely to get money before someone else exactly exactly so it's it's considered low risk because the price doesn't fluctuate as much so it's less volatile and you're more likely if things go really pear-shaped to get paid back at least some of it. Mm, mm. Yeah. Nice. Well, if uh, we can we can wrap up risk, I just want to sort of summarize, as well, you said. Yeah. There's one other thing. Yes. So, um... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, a lot of people have read the book, and if you haven't read the book, um, Black Swan by Nassim Taleb. Okay. Um, talks about... So he was a currency trader. Talks a lot about risk. Um, and his... So... You know, what, what I was saying before about um, under, thinking about risk and across your whole portfolio, he he made heaps of money during the JFC um, as a currency trader, but the way he thought about risk was across his whole portfolio, he didn't want to be in the, the middle, uh, you know, like the sort of vanilla ETF, stuff like that. He was either super conservative or super, super high risk, and he called it the barbell strategy. And it was about uh, 85 to 90% in like US government treasuries, like the safest bond of the safest bond. And then 10 to 15% in like super high leveraged, really risky trades. And so all your upside comes from that 10 to 15%. But you know, if you lose all of that, you've still, you've got, still got the 85 to 90% in treasuries. It's a really interesting theory. Yeah, yeah. And he has nothing in between. Wow. So no Because expo- he just thinks it's a waste of time and effort having your money sitting there yeah yeah because you're either one or the other because the risk in the middle is too high to justify the returns gotcha so in that strategy if he has 85 percent in u.s treasuries the worst he can do is lose that other 15 percent yeah but because that 15 is super high risk and leveraged then that gives you all your upside Upside, yeah so so it's an interesting way to think about risk across your portfolio Yeah. yeah that's a good one yeah I'm going to think about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Risk when thinking about total portfolio is not a thinking about, as you said, the individual trades you're making. It's thinking about it at a total total view. Yeah. Uh, Is your, are you high risk, low risk, whatever it may be. And this, sorry to keep going on about risk, but, um, (laughs) you know, this is where people always talk about diversification. Yeah. um, Because, uh, but the important thing to think about when you're thinking about diversification is not, you, you want to diversify into different risk sources, I guess. Yes. So, you know, spreading across lots of different uh, equities, you haven't actually diversified because no. that same problem could come down the line and wipe all the equities out. Yeah. What you want to be is exposed to a lot of very disparate risk sources. So, you know, even if something goes wrong in equities or something goes wrong in like the currency markets or something goes wrong in the Australian property market, the, that's not going to infect the other areas where you've diversified in your portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Great segue into asset allocation. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so the third thing to consider when constructing a portfolio is obviously what you're going to put into that portfolio. So it doesn't always have to be just shares, as you just said, Ren. There, you know, there are many asset classes that you can invest in, from cash through to um, commodities, gold and silver, um, through to exotic shares. I know there was an ETF that we were looking at that. Uh, followed the price of expensive artwork if you wanted to Interesting. if you wanted to yeah, invest yeah, yeah. in that so like the range of assets that you can put your money in to uh, diversify spread your risk is large what you need to determine is what your preferences are uh, and obviously your preferences will change over time but the asset allocation should reflect your goals I think in some degree uh, so it's important that you understand the assets that you're buying into obviously for beginners you're not going to be putting money into bonds and hybrids and all this sort of stuff straight away because 
you need to get an understanding of what that is. Um, you know, Ren's been investing for 27 years now and, uh, <laughs> and he's just bought a hybrid. And I'm only 25. So, yeah, so do the maths. <laughs> so Ren, um, did you, what do you want to add to asset allocation? I guess in my mind, uh, you know, if you were to talk to fund managers and stuff, there's, there's primarily, I mean, six or seven asset allocations that they always talk about. Australian shares, international shares, Australian listed property, global listed property, commodities, bonds, and then you, and then cash, um, term deposits, and fixed income. So there, that's sort of like your broad asset classes. Uh, is there anything you want to add to that? No, they're they're the main ones, um, and I think yeah, that's that's a good summary of uh, the different options available. Um, yeah, you don't you don't want to just concentrate all in one country all in one asset type all in one sector because you're just asking for trouble Mm. um there's something so daniel want who we interviewed a while ago uh talked about this thing called the permanent portfolio and it was it was a theory that was come up with like in the 80s or something and it was a portfolio that is 25 percent equities 25 percent bonds 25 percent cash and 25 percent gold and all you would do is rebalance it every year. Um, and do you want to explain rebalance? So every year, obviously, those four things move based on their prices in that year. Yeah. And then every year you sell or buy to take it back to 25%. Even it out. Yeah. Yep. And so if you just permanently have 25, 25, 25, 25 is your asset allocation across those four things, um, it's considered like... Well, the theory was that it would protect you in any situation. You know, if you have high inflation, then gold does really well and your cash does poorly. Or if equity markets are booming, then your equity share does good, really well and your gold might not do so well. But over the long term, as long as you keep rebalancing, it, you'll, Turns out. you'll have like good returns. And, you know, it's been back tested and seems to seems to make sense interesting um so it's an it's an interesting demonstration of the importance of asset allocation and how spreading it across like varied and different sources of growth and it, it reduces your risk and it still allows your portfolio to grow i guess the key there is the rebalancing that's that's one of the crucial parts of that is that if you let one asset grow too too much then then you become it becomes uh too influential, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, look, we've approached our uh, 15 minutes or less, Ren. So, um, what we're going to do next is, you know, we've we've done the basics of how to construct, well, not necessarily how to construct a portfolio, but what are the three things that you should generally consider when constructing a portfolio? I just want to quickly say that with the asset allocation, it, you don't, don't freak out and think that you have to have all those assets no. uh, because it, it's just not going to happen unless you've got a heap of money that you're willing to split across all these. It's just not going to happen. The important thing is to start somewhere and then as you progress, start thinking about what other things you can move into. Like I've been into, in stocks and stocks alone and cash for a very long time and it's only now that we're starting to think about getting into other things. Yeah. So what we're going to do in the next episode is now look at our portfolios at an individual level. Yeah, we'll pull back the curtain. <laughs> pull back the curtain. <laughs> uh, and we're going to try and, uh, based on the goals, we're going to have a discussion about our portfolio construction and bounce a few ideas off each other. So stay tuned. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. 
please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation.